mission field is whatever you are. Whatever you are, that's where the mission field is. And um, thank you, uh, worship team, for leading us in worship this morning. If you are here today for the first time with us, uh, if you're here for the first time with us, we, we are so glad that you are worshiping with us this morning. And uh, we, we want you to know that we are here helping people experiencing the hope found in a life-changing relationship with Jesus. So we want you to experience the hope. That's, that's our desire in Hope City Church. Uh, so if you're discouraged or dealing with difficulties, experiencing adversities in need of prayer, please uh, let us know at, at the end of the service that you, uh, that you need to talk to someone, that you need prayer. Um, it's all about relationships in our church. So um, this is our last Sunday in our series uh, where... We have been learning about our church, uh, our values, the values that our church holds uh, high, uh, the ones that, you know, values that we want to live by. And uh, the first Sunday that we were talking about values, we asked a very important question. Because a lot of people were asking, so what, what is this thing about values? What, what are values? So a value uh, we mentioned on the first Sunday, it's a, it's a statement. It's a brief declaration that describes what our priority as a church is. So a value is our priority. It's a priority that we're going to put in practice and that we're going to live by that value. Value is something that provides guidance for our church. Values are important in the church because they tell people what we believe and values also tell people what we value just as the Word says it. Uh, values define the lifestyle of a church. In other words... If these are our values, this is the way we should live day in, day out. Every day, every time we meet together as a church, every time we worship together, every time we're meeting at a home, at a Bible study, at a woman's group, at a men's group, we should leave those five values that we have as a church should be there, should be present. So the church acts and leaves in certain way because we value those things. And so at Hope City Church, we've been talking about this for the last five Sundays. This is our fifth Sunday. And so we begin by saying that we value love. And why do we value love? Is because love, God has loved us because Jesus first loved us. We compassionately love others. So love is very important to us. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. So without love, nothing has value. And so we need to make sure that every time we come to church, love is a priority in our lives. Love is a priority in our behavior. A person without love, a person not showing love, it's a person that is not living in our church or in a small group or in a Bible study according to the values we have as a church. So love, the love that we have for one another, the love that we have for God, takes us to the second value. The second value is because we love people, we reach people. We go out and we make the effort to reach people intentionally. The reason we reach people intentionally is because we love them and we want to show them the way to God. We want to show them also the solutions that God gives in the Scripture for all the things that a lot of times those people are struggling with. So love is our first value and because we love, we reach people with the love of God. Our third value is teach. 
So once we love people and we reach people, we want to make sure we teach people. It's, it's one of the things that we, we hold high in our church is teaching. Teaching and teaching sound doctrine. And we want to teach because Jesus changed lives. Because Jesus changed lives by teaching transformationally. So we teach all scriptures. We teach all scripture to form faithful followers of Jesus Christ. And then last week we talked about serving. So we serve relationally. And we talk about serving, what it means to be a servant. We talk about that it's, it's not about position, it's about submission. So those are the values that we have talked about so far uh, uh, during our series on values. Uh, today we are going to talk about our fifth and last value. And we are going to talk about we value sending. We value sending. Why? Because Jesus was the first one who sent us. Uh, and remember, I, I just want to remind you what we saw the first on our first Sunday, that these values come out of two very important passages in the Scripture. So we look at the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. And when we look at that, and if we, we can put it on the screen... Uh, we can put it on the screen and we, we, you'll be able to see that the great commandment, it, it, you know, it says, it talks about loving God and loving people. Loving God and loving people. So we value love. A church without love is a church that will not impact the community. A church without love is a church that is not going to touch other people's lives. A church without love, people don't care how much you know or how smart you are unless they know how much you care for them. You know, if, you, if they don't know how much you care for them, then they're not going to care about the rest. So that's why we build relationships. In our church, we try to build relationships based on the value of love. And so, in the great, that's the great commandment. And then the great commission. In the great commission, we get our other four values. We get the value about reaching. It's in the great commission because Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples. In other words, communicate what I'm telling you to do, what I'm telling you how, to, how I'm telling you to live life. You know, reach people. Don't just reach them, but teach them. Teach them all the commands that I have given you. Serve them. Because when you serve people, you are obeying His commandments. And then send them. So when you love people, you reach people, you teach people, you serve them, they learn the process of what God wants in their lives. So now it's their turn to go and do the same. So in our, first, in, in, in our last value about sending, we are going to talk about that today because... And the verse we're going to talk about is a verse that is... Uh, it's, a lot of times we don't have the right understanding on this verse. And it's in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. We are going to read from verse 6 to verse 8. Uh, but on verse 8, it's going to be our main concentration uh, this morning. And, and as a church, we are called to live life according to these values. So our fifth value is sin courageously. And Jesus is the one who has sent us to do the work that He wants us to do. To be witnesses for Jesus. Jesus is the one who said, Go and be my witnesses. A lot of times in churches, we are waiting for people to come on their own. You know, we sit down, we worship, we do everything that we're supposed to do. But a lot of times we're waiting for people. You know, as long as we open the doors, people should come automatically. No. Jesus said, they don't, don't wait for a day to come. Because a lot of times, most of the time, they're not going to come. you got to go. 
you got to go, and you got to go with the purpose of bringing them in. That's what Jesus told the disciples over and over and over. Because Jesus sends us, we send, uh, we, you know, our desire is to send teams, missionaries, send resources to plant new churches locally and globally. We are already uh, working on our vision for church planting in the United States. So one of the things that Jesus said in John chapter 20, John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus said, and again, He said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. So I'm sending you. I'm not telling you just come and sit down and do nothing about it. You know, just just come and enjoy one another. No, I'm sending you to do the same thing the Father sent me to do. And what did the Father send Jesus to do? The Father, Jesus said that the reason the Father had sent Him, it was number one, it was to serve, but also to found what was lost. To reach those who had no hope. To help those who were, uh, who were slaves of their sins. To free those who were slaves of their sin. So he said, as the Father has sent me, now church, now my followers, I'm sending you to. So in other words, Jesus clearly communicate to the church that he values, highly values, the fact that he is sending us. He is sending us. Uh, to do the same thing the Father had sent him to do. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. Jesus came to his disciples and have, uh, you know, I have been given all authority in heaven and in, on earth. Therefore, go. Therefore, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Therefore, go and go directly to make disciples to all the, of all the nations. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said to them, Go into the world and proclaim the gospel. Notice one thing. In, in, the, in the verse of John, he says, The Father sent me, so I'm sending you. In, in Matthew 28, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples, because all the power has been given to me. I'm giving it to you. Go make disciples. In Mark 16, he says, Go into the world and proclaim the gospel. In Luke 24, he said, It was also written that this message will be proclaimed in the authority of His name, the name of Jesus, to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. So Jesus wants us to go and bring a message of forgiveness, not a message of condemnation, not a message you know, where we are going to make people feel that they're worthless. But Jesus says there is a message of forgiveness of sin to all who repent. And the only reason people are going to get the message of forgiveness is when you are witnesses of all these things. He wasn't just telling the disciples that. He was telling all Christians of, through all generations, you know, He was telling them, be a witnesses. Witnesses of what? Witnesses of all these things. What things? The, the, the things that will Help people understand that there is forgiveness of sins to all those who repent. So Jesus didn't say, let them come. He said, go, go, go to them and bring them in. Go to them and bring them in. Over and over, Jesus communicate this value. And in Acts chapter 8, chapter 1, verse 8, He says, that he said to them, but the, the, you know, the, the day that we're going to be able to do this, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people all about me everywhere. So this is what you're going to be. 
you're going to be a witness and you're supposed to go and be telling people all that you know about me. All that there is to know about me. How are you going to do it? You're going to do it in Jerusalem. You're going to do it throughout Judea and Samaria. And you're going to do it to the ends of the earth. So Jesus clearly whole sending people as a high value in his ministry. He sent the disciples a few times. Once he sent them two by two. Another time he sent them, you know, to, to go heal the sick, to, to free those demon possessed, to free those people who needed help. And one of the things that he did right before he went into heaven, as he said, I, the, the same way that the, the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Go be my witnesses, telling people all about me everywhere. Why was Jesus sending them? Why was he sending them? Jesus was sending them because there were people in need of hope at that time. Are there people in need of hope today? Is Jesus sending us just as he sent the disciples back then? Of course he is. Because as there were people in need of hope back then, there are people in need of hope today. Because there were people hurting emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Jesus is also sending us to do the same thing for those who are hurting emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Because they were broken. They had broken families. They, they were people struggling with things in life. And the same thing Jesus is sending us because there are broken families today. There are so many broken families that the, the only hope to those families is the gospel. It's for us to be witnesses. Witnesses of what? Witnesses of all the things that God has done in our lives. A lot of times we believe, you know, I just don't know what to tell people. I just don't know how to, how to share the gospel. All you got to do is tell them what God has done in your life. A lot of times we complicate these things. A lot of times we believe that we have to be, uh, we have to be a theologian to be able to share the gospel with people. No, all you got to do is be a witness. Witnesses of what? Witnesses of what God has done in your own life. Jesus was sending them because there were people who were confused about their identity. Jesus was sending them because there were people who needed to experience hope and forgiveness for their own mistakes and sins in life. Jesus was sending them because they all needed to get connected with their Creator. They needed to understand why God created me. Jesus was sending them because Jesus wanted people to understand that He had come to save and not to condemn them. To get the message out, Jesus sent them courageously. Uh, you know, and, and I, I, when, when I was reading some of this stuff, I, 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 was, I was asking myself, are most churches or are most Christians living up to this value today? Are most Christians, are most churches living up to this value today? About, you know, I'm the one who's being sent out by Jesus. Are we living up to this value today? Studies have shown, I don't know if this is going to shock you a little bit. I hope it does, if you don't know this information. But studies have shown that the U.S. church membership falls below for the first time in attendance it's been down, so down. Americans' membership in houses of worship continue to decline. Last year, dropping below 50, it actually dropped below, it dropped to 
for the first time in Gallup's eight-decade trend. This is the trend. If you pay attention right here, this is the trend. In uh, year 2020, 47 percent of Americans said they belong to a church, a synagogue, even a mesquite. Now, 47% in 2020 from 50% that had been the previous year. That had been actually in 2018. 70% of Americans were attending church in 1999. Only 24 years ago, 70% of churches, of Americans were attending church. U.S. membership was 73% when Gallup first measured this in 1937. So, check this. From 1937 to 1999, for over 60 years, to be exact, 62 years, you went from 73% Americans attending churches, to from 73% to 70%. Only 3% declined. 1999 to 2023... We're down to 40% church attendance in America. In, less, in, in, in 23, 24 years, we have declined. This is how much we have declined. In 2020, we are only, we were to 47%. And after the pandemic, instead of people saying, I need God, I'm going to get closer to God. Instead of getting closer to God, people got far away from God, and we went from 2020, 47% church attendance, to 40% right now. That is the reality we're living. People are rejecting the beliefs in God. The enemy has come into their minds, and are, are making, uh, 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 he's trying to confuse people and get them to think that, that they don't even know what gender they are now. People are hurting People are confused. People are, people are in need of somebody who cares for them, who loves them, who can tell them about, who can be a witness to them from God in the name of Jesus. But it is amazing that in only 24 years, for over 60 years, it, the, the, the percentage of attendance stayed, stayed up there. And in the last 24 years, from 70% all the way down to 40%, that is amazing what has happened after the pandemic, 40%. What are you and I going to do about the 60%? Because it's now 40% are attending churches. What are we going to do about the 60%? What are we going to do about the 60% of people not coming to church and let me, let me be honest with you, okay? They might never come to church. Actually, they're, they're not going to come to church. And, and let me finish that thought, okay? Don't, don't, don't judge me yet. They're not going to come to church. It's us who have to go so they can come to church. Jesus didn't say, come to church. Jesus said, go Go be a witness. Go be a disciple. So when you get out of that door, you're a missionary. But we forget that. We forget that He sent us. We forget that once we cross those doors, the mission field is out there. 
That's what Jesus said. Most of those people are never going to come to church. When they have a problem, they don't think about church. When they struggle with a situation in their life, most of those people don't think about coming to see if the pastor has an answer for them. I can assure you that. They go by our church, and they might not even think, uh, you know, they might not even be sure about what the building is all about. We're not good enough. We're not fast enough. That's the way they think. We're not smart enough. We're not big enough for them to come. They are just not going to come. They are not coming to church. 60%. Now, now let, me, let, me, let, me, let me put you in, let me give you an example. You see, if, if, if I was talking to the business community, to the business world, this would be a very easy topic to talk about. Because if I was telling the business world, you're not selling your product to 60% of people, guess what the business world would do? The business world wouldn't even finish listening to me. They'll get up, they'll go out there and start selling. Because they want to get the sales. How do we get this? How do we get our product in people's hands? If this was with the business world, it's a no-brainer. You know, it's, it, the product is not getting to all, to, to all, over, all over the place the way we should. So the business world would immediately start creating a strategy. What a strategy are we going to create? How are we going to get our product to, in the hands of people? I, I would, I, I would to God, we, we love souls as much as the business community loves money. Do we love souls as much as the business community loves money? So if this was a business, it would be easy. They wouldn't be any heavy heart today not, not trying to convince people. The business community, they, they get it. 60% the problem, when they see the problem, I, 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 be having a, you know, I will be having a hard time trying to hold them and say, you know, let me finish my sermon. No, they'll be running out there. How do I sell this stuff? How do I get that 60%? 60% of people are not going to come to church. You were sent by Jesus to go get them. Because they're not going to come on their own. That's what John 20, 20, 21 said. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Matthew 28, therefore go make disciples. Mark 16, go into the world and proclaim the gospel. Do, do we get it? Do, do we get it or are we, just, are we just waiting for people to come in by themselves? It's not going to happen. They are not coming to church. We have to go. To them. That's the command. That's the value. When, when did Jesus tell this? When, when did, did He tell them the last time He said this to them? The reason Jesus spent 40 days with the disciples, and after He spent 40 days with the disciples, uh, he, was, he, he was spending some time and last training, basically, uh, you know, giving them the last, the, the, the last commands that He was going to give them, and before He ascended to heaven... This is what happened. In Acts chapter 1 verse 6 it says, So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking Him, 
remember what we looked at last, last week about serving? When Jesus was teaching them about serving, and He was saying, you know, I'm about to die. I'm about to be crucified. What were the disciples thinking? Remember? What positions are we going to hold, Jesus? Who's going to be sitting to your right? Who's going to be sitting to your left? They were worried about positions, not about submission. So, they get to this point after the resurrection, and, and instead of saying, okay, so what's next? You know, what's the plan to conquer the world, Jesus? They're asking Him, so now that you rise from the dead, everything that went on, now Lord, when are you going to establish the kingdom? When are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They didn't get it. And a lot of times, when things like this go on in our lives, we just don't get it. A lot of times our focus is in something else but not in what Jesus is really communicating to us. So he replied, The Father alone has authority to set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. So in a nice way, Jesus told them, it's none of your business. In a nice way, right? Jesus was really nice. He said, it's none of your business. This is not what the problem is right now. What, What you need to concentrate, he said, you let those things to the Father. When is Jesus going to come back? You let those things to the Father. That's not our concern. Our concern is that while, while we're waiting for Jesus to come back, we have a mission to fulfill. And He says, But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So you will receive you, you will be capable of doing what you're going to have to do, but you will receive this tool. You will receive the power. You will receive the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. Now, is that what we're doing? When you go to the market, do you tell people about Jesus? When you go to the school, you tell people about what Jesus has done for you. Do you try to be a witness with your example? Do you try to be a witness with your words and the way you talk to people? Do you try to be a witness in the way you try to help people when they're in need? You will be my witnesses. And by the way, in the original text, this is not an option. But we have made it an option. But in the original text, this is not an option. You will be telling people about me everywhere. And then he gives them a strategy. He says, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, I have three observations in this text. Number one, Jesus is basically telling them, it's about having the right understanding of the times. And once you have the right understanding of the times, focus in one thing. This is, this is what I'm sending you to do. This is what I'm telling you to do. This is what I'm sending. Do not get distracted by anything else. You know, I'll be honest with you. It's so easy for Christians to get distracted. You know, and if if I was to ask the question... Let you participate. I'm sure everybody will start saying, I, I, you know, if I were to ask the question, what distracts 
Christians from our mission. You will probably start saying, you know, uh, a, a lot of times we just get lazy. A lot of times we fight with one another. A lot of times we don't agree. A lot of times it's lack of unity. A lot of times, da 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 da, da. And, and we will, we will not be done this morning. Because there's a lot of things that distracts Christians. There's so many things that distracts me from the mission. Because I make me a priority and not the mission. The interesting thing about this is that the reason churches are not being effective witnesses today, you know, it's so easy to have transfers. It's hard to reach people with the gospel. A lot of times having transfers is the easiest thing. So people transfer from church to church. But the reason churches are not being effective witnesses is because their focus is in the wrong place. Rather than to engage in useless speculations over the time, when is the kingdom going to be, Lord? The apostles were to focus on the work that they had at hand. What is distracting us from being witnesses? When was the last time you were a witness for Jesus? You know, what, what is a witness? What is a witness? Isn't it a witness a person who have? I mean, there are. I think there is three things to be a, to be an effective witness. You have to have seen, right? You have to have seen. You have to know how you. They'll ask you, "What did you see? What did you experience? What did you feel?" And I think there's other things in between there. But what is distracting us from being witnesses? I mean, he says, go and be my witness everywhere. So, when was the last time you witnessed to somebody? Because that's Jesus sending you. It's not Pastor Oscar telling you what to go do. It's up to you what you do. But it's up to you whether you listen to Jesus or you don't. So, what is distracting us from being witnesses? Number two, it's about having the capacity... And a lot of times, like I said it before, we believe, you know, we're not capable. And we limit ourselves mentally and emotionally that we cannot tell others about Jesus. That we cannot be witnesses. And let me tell you, a witness, all, he, all a witness does is he tells or she tells what they have experienced, what they have seen, what God has done in your life. All you got to do is tell people what God has done in your life. And do you have the capacity? If you're a Christian, you do. Because the capacity is the Holy Spirit. And every single Christian has the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I, I don't know. No, you have the Holy Spirit. And you will receive. But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You know, the interesting thing is that we believers a lot of times don't understand the... the, the we don't understand the intensity and the, the, how strong that word is when he says, you will receive power. The word in the Greek is the word dunamis. And that word dunamis is the same word that we use for dynamite. You will receive the power of dynamite. So you can be witnesses. So there's no excuse. Jesus is not only sending us, 
But Jesus is also telling us, I'm not just sending you, I'm giving you the power. Now, do you use the power or do you not use the power to be witnesses for me? Do you value talking to others about Jesus? Do you value missions? Do you value church planting? Do you value, do you have, do, do you value because you do have the power. You have the dynamite, you have the power. And number three, Jesus gave them a strategy. So Jesus didn't just, uh, you know, Jesus didn't just tell them, you know, you, you need to focus on what needs, what's important. Here is, here is what, what, the, what the task in front of you is. Here is the capacity. I'm giving you the capacity, but I'm giving you also strategy. That's amazing. The strategy that Jesus gave them, He said, And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So He went step by step. This is the way you're going to do it. You know, for those people who, who, who work about, you know, teaching about marketing and all that stuff, and they have strategies, and they said step one step. You know, Jesus was the one teaching about that before they did. Jesus was the one who knew how to do this the right way. The interesting thing is the task here is you will be my witnesses. So let me tell you something. Witnesses, are, again, witnesses are those who are witnesses because they, they are telling others about what they have seen. You are witnesses when you can talk about it. You can talk about what you saw. You can talk about what you heard. You can talk about what you felt. A witness for Jesus Christ is simply someone who tells the truth about Jesus. And the early church was so effective in doing so, that in Acts chapter 17 verse 6, it says that people were complaining. They took Paul and Silas outside of the city, and they said, these guys are turning the world upside down. They're like, we don't know what to do with these guys anymore. Kick them out of the, 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 the city. I imagine if people were gonna, if people in the city would say, "Hey, kick all, kick all these people from Hope City Church out of Norwalk. They're turning Norwalk upside down." Man, I hope they say that. That means we are doing the work. That means we're be, we're work, we're acting like missionaries. Missionaries is not the guy that we support in Japan. It's not the guy, the lady we support in France. Missionaries. You are missionaries. We just don't take that role. We don't take the responsibility. You know, and a lot of times they say, Well, I cannot go to another country. Don't worry. God brought the countries to your doorstep. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed LA is a multicultural city? You want to reach Indian people? Believe me, there is big Indian community. You want to reach Koreans? Go to Koreatown. And a lot of people say, you know, I'm feeling, the Lord is calling me to Japan. Well, go to Little Tokyo first and reach Japanese people in Little Tokyo. Then you'll know if you're called to Japan. God has brought the people. And a lot of times we're more worried about, you know, are they legal or are they legal? I don't care. Are they believers or are they not believers? Do they know God or do they not know God? You know, I'll let those people worry about that stuff. I'll worry to communicate the gospel because that is the command that I have received from my Lord and Savior, my General in heaven. That's the command He gave me. You know, the rest of the stuff, let the politicians deal with that stuff. It's all crooked anyways. 
But when he said, you will be my witnesses. You know what the word witness? I mean, if you don't know, this is going to be interesting. The word witnesses in the Greek is the word marchers. The word marchers is where we get the word martyr. People who are willing to die for a cause. So when Jesus said, go be my witnesses, He said, go be my martyrs. Whoa, Jesus sends us to die? You know how many of these believers who received this command die from being, for being witnesses? And sometimes we're not even going to go across the street to put a flyer on somebody's door. Because it's too much work. But Jesus said, go to the point that you got to be willing to die. I can give you a list of how many of these guys died. And if not, all you got to do is buy the book that is called the Fox Book of Martyrs. And it will tell you story after story after story after story of how people have died just for being witnesses of Jesus. We live in a country where we have so much freedom. And with this freedom that we have, we're not witnessing. Because we have so much freedom. You, you, know, you, know, you know which church, in which, which part of the world the church is growing the most? Any, any, anybody has a guess? China. And you know, you know what they do to believers in China? They got a high to be able to worship. One of our pastors, uh, one of our, uh, I just lost his name right now. Uh, one of our pastors in Indiana, he's pastoring one of the big churches in, in one of our churches in, in the Karis Fellowship. Um, I remember when he sent me the video when he took Bibles. He smuggled Bibles into China and he was giving all these Bibles. And he said that the people who were grabbing, uh, grabbing the Bibles, they were, they would get, the Chinese believers would grab those Bibles and cry. And you can hear them in the video that he recorded. They were crying and they couldn't believe they had a Bible in their hands. How many Bibles do you have in your house? Seriously. You, you probably easily have two, three, four, five Bibles and most of them not being read. I'm sorry if, if, if I'm step, stepping over your, your toes. It's okay. But Jesus said, go be a witness. Go be a martyr. That's what Jesus said. In other words, be willing to pay the price to tell others that there is hope in life. Go and be willing to pay the price to be able to bring other people into the kingdom of God and give them hope and do it in Jerusalem and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What is our Jerusalem? If we apply this to our church, what's our Jerusalem? Uh, let me show you our Jerusalem, okay? Uh, let's put the map David, please. This is our Jerusalem. It's called, it's called what? Norwalk. Good job. This is Norwalk. This is our Jerusalem. Our Judea and Samaria are 
downy, uh, Santa Fe Springs, Whittier. That's our Judea and Samaria. But, and, and then, but Norwalk, I want you to see what we're going to be doing. And this is up to you to obey the command or not to obey. I'm, I'm not worried about that part because it's between you and God. But what we're going to do is we're going to follow the strategy Jesus gave us. And in the next map, you see these little squares in blue? Those little squares in blue are squares that your pastor divided. Eighty-five of those squares are in the southern part of this map. Let's go to the next. Uh, One more. So there's eighty-five squares. The idea is to help you, um, to make it easier for you. That you can adopt one of these squares, one of these blue squares. This is our Jerusalem. Two things you're going to do if you adopt one of those squares. So far we have 85. And uh, Felipe is going to be right after the service. He's going to be out here at a table in the courtyard. Felipe, for the people that don't know you, can you? That's Felipe. He's going to be out here in the courtyard with the squares. And if we don't have the square that you want, you, I mean, pick one. And we let you pick. The ones that are the farther south, they're the smallest ones. So whoever wants the smallest one needs to go farther. If you want it closer to the church, you're going to get the bigger one. It's part of the, it's part of the deal. So he's going to explain to you what you're going to do. But every time... You're going to pick a square, and you're going to pray for that square. You're going to pray for those homes. We want you to take prayer walks in those areas. Because I believe in the power of prayer. Do you believe in the power of prayer? I believe in the power of prayer. So you're going to pray for that square that you adopt. You're going to adopt a square. You're going to pray for that square. And at least once a month, you're going to go through that square... And you're going to put an invitation at the doors. You know that we had 24 visitors by doing what, what I'm telling you right now. We had 24 visitors just by putting invitations on the doors of people around the church right here, nearby. We had 24 visitors one Sunday. So this is our Jerusalem. You're going to pray for that. And if you don't want to do it once a month, then all you got to do is divide, divide your area. Divide your area. In three or four weeks. And you say, well, one week I'm going to do this piece. One week I'm going to do this piece. One week I'm going to do the other piece. Be a witness. Be willing to sacrifice. Because we're willing to go do a lot of other things, right? We're willing to go to the park. We're willing to go on vacation. We're willing to do this. We're willing to do that. But are we willing to go and be a witness? Uh, Let's go one back. So one of these squares will look like this. You will see your map. You will see what street to which street. Where does it go from to, till, you know, to and from. And the name of it is O-R-A. O-R-A means outreach area. That is your outreach area. And it's number. So when you collect one of those pages from Felipe, he's going to put your name and he's going to put, let's go to the next one. Let's go one down, because it has the list there. One more. 
So he's going to put your name, he's going to put your telephone number, he's going to put the outreach area that you pick, and he's going to put every time you pick up some of those flyers like the ones you got on your bulletin this morning. We're going to do that. And every time we have a new series, you're going to get new flyers. And every time you get new flyers, it's up to you to go to your area, to pray for your area, and to put something on this on these doors. Well, pastor, but the dog is... They have dogs and they might bite me. Well, you be a witness, be a martyr. Make sure you take pepper spray. What is the other things we're going to be doing? And I'm, I'll, I'll be finishing soon because we have a funeral to attend. But another thing we're going to do is this. Let's, let's, let's move forward, David, on the slides, please. We have also missions because it says to go to the end of the earth. But we've got to start in Jerusalem. We have a church that's all by itself. It's a brethren church. It's the only brethren church in Nicaragua. But for the last 10, 12 years, we have helped this church to do different things, even to build the building. So let's move forward. Let's keep on showing. These are kids. This was the Christmas for Kids in Nicaragua in 2021. By next year, I'd like to put together a team of people who are willing to go be witnesses. Remember, Nicaragua is a communist country. Once you go, you go. If you, we come back, it's by the grace of God. You just never know. I'm going to Cuba in September to do a training for pastors. You know, you go and you go be a witness. You believe and you trust in God for whatever He decides in your life. But that's what we're being called to. Uh, and, and, and so let's... Uh, oh, you guys saw the pictures of the kids in Nicaragua. So one of the ideas is... One of the things that I'm praying about is that we'll put together a team for... 2024, December 2024, first week of December, we should be flying out to Nicaragua and do Christmas for the kids in Nicaragua. Believe me, it's hot, so if you decide to go, please be ready for that. This is in Mexico and Ensenada. Ensenada, we also did, let's move forward the pictures. This is also, we did Christmas for the kids uh, a year ago. We did Christmas for the kids. Kids that are in areas who are in, in, you know, poor areas. And a lot of times, you know, we bring a piñata because we're celebrating Jesus' birthday, right? And, and we're talking. And, and so this year, this year we're going to try to put together a team to go to Ensenada. So be, be, be open and be willing to take, even to take a, 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 a camping tent because we might just camp out there. There is a, there is a place where we can camp. It's secure. But there's not enough beds or enough rooms, so we might be able to camp. Uh, we also do the shelter. Uh, there's a shelter in Tijuana that is a, a, an immigrant's shelter. And a lot of times, you know, uh, they're just in need of food. They're in need of other stuff. As a matter of fact, Felipe was working um, with orphans. Uh, how many orphanages were you working with before in Tijuana? Four different orphanages uh, he was working with in Tijuana. There are people... You know, it's just to cross the border. All you got to do is cross the border and you realize, man, this is different. I mean, it, it, it's, it's different. There are people who live well over there, but there are people who don't. And a lot of times we're in our comfort zone that we forget to be missionaries. So we'll put together a team to go to Ensenada this year. We'll put together two teams for next year. One to Ensenada again every, every, every December and one to Nicaragua we got to go to the ends of the earth. 
Maybe God will call some of you to the mission field for good. And we just pray that God will do that. Because one of the things we're also, we're also looking into doing is five years from now, we will plant at least one, if not two churches. We will be ready to do that. But where do we start? We start in our Jerusalem. If you're not willing to go across the street in that block, in that little square that you pick to pray, then you're not going to be willing to go anywhere. And be willing to be a witness. Whatever happens, happens. Be wise, be smart, but be a witness. That's the call. He gave His life for me, so now that I live, I live for Him who gave His life for me. There's no other way. Our fifth value in this church is to send and to be sent. Lord, we thank You so much today for what You have done for us. And we pray, Father, that You will help us understand all these things that we have talked about this morning. How is it that being a witness is being a martyr? But we just got to be ready to do and to obey for the benefit of others. Help us understand your will. Help us to have a heart. It's so easy to give money to people. It's a different thing to go and be the missionaries. But that's what you have called us to do. We pray, Father, that you will help us understand and that you will help that our heart will hurt. That we will be, we will be heart aching for the lost, for the missions, for church planting. And help us pray which area, which aura, our rich area, am I going to pick? What's, what's going to be my task? You have given us the Holy Spirit, so you have given us power. In the name of Jesus we pray. And all God's people say, Amen. Don't forget, don't let, don't let, don't let Felipe be there by himself, okay? Make sure you go. And if he doesn't have your outreach area... Today, he'll have it ready next week because uh, some of them are ready, some of them are not ready yet. But they'll be ready. So I hope you get to pray for that. You get to pray for your area. If you're not willing to do that, you're not willing to be witnesses. If you're not willing to be witnesses, then you have to think about, what am I doing for God? What am I doing for Christ? That's the reason he called you, to be a witness. God bless you.